We like to say good morning to those that are present in the house today. We like to say good morning to our online community that are listening. We thank and praise God for for each one of them. Uh, we thank God for those states uh, across the nation that are listening. Uh, you know, we have people from besides South Carolina. We have North Carolina. We have Georgia. We have California. We have a lot of states that are listening. We also have a lot of regions that are listening. We have a lot of countries in Africa that are that that is listening. So we appreciate you joining in. We appreciate you uh, listening in to the Word of God. Amen. But as as we say, God's Word, we, we can't get enough of God's Word. Amen. We can't get enough. But we're going to do a continuation um, uh, from uh, last week. Uh, there's some things uh, we need to uh, focus on, and then it will bring us to where we are now, and then you will be able to see it. Uh, we're going back to the book of Revelations. I'm going back to the book of Revelations in chapter number 2. We're going back there, of course, for those that uh, wasn't present and for those that need to have their memory refreshed. Amen. Uh, know that uh, God spoke to us about um, um, uh, our first love, how we dealt with the church of Ephesus, which means desirable, and they had left their first love. And uh, they were doing all the, the, uh, the duties uh, but they didn't have a relationship with God. There was no devotion. And, and God let them know, even though he commended them in different things, he also let them know he had a problem with them. He, he, he had some problems with their devotion that they had toward him. And so this morning, as we're back in the book of Revelation, chapter number 2, we are going to begin uh, with... Verse number six in Revelations chapter number two, because this morning we're going to deal with uh, the spirit, the spirit of compromise, the spirit of compromise. That's what we're going to deal with this morning, because not only did, had they left their first love, but there was a spirit of compromise also going on in that particular body, uh, body there in Asia Minor. Now, verse uh, number 6, God also, he speaks to them, and he let them know that they need to repent, you know, because they had fallen. But in verse number 6, Revelation chapter number 2, it says, now God is speaking. He says, but this thou hast, that that thou hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now, That is a very strong word, hate. God is saying to them, he hates, he hates the deeds, the, 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 he hates the, the uh, actions of of the Nicolaitans. He, 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 uh, he hated that. And I said, well, Lord, that is a very, very strong word. Why is it that you're using the word hate? What is it about these people that you hate it so much? So the word, the word Nicolaitans means, in the Greek, it means victorious or a conqueror of the, the people. The conqueror of or over the people. Now, there was something that was going on with these Nicolaitans, and we, we will see exactly what they are. 
they followed this man uh, called Nicholas. This is how he, they came about. And Nicholas was one of the seven deacons that was in the book of Acts. He was one of those seven deacons, all right? Now, this is Nicholas' problem. This is how we ended up with the spirit of compromise. And that's where the church is today. You're going to see that. Now, he started from paganism. He started from paganism. He got converted to Judaism. And then he got converted to Christianity. So he had a mixture of teachings. Okay? He had a mixture of different teachings. And whenever you get a mixture of different teachings, you will come up with a wrong doctrine or you will create your own. And so he created a doctrine. Now, this is one of the teachings that, that they were teaching, the, the Nicolaitans. He says, now, when it comes down to their teachings, they taught that freedom in Christ granted them a blank check to sin. That was one of their teachings. That, that freedom in Christ, you know, it, it gave them the right to have a blank check to sin. All right? Now, if you continually teach that, then you will see that you'll have a whole lot of people confused as well as your own self. All right? Now, uh, it, it was a mixture of the occult, which is paganism, and it was a mixture, mixture of Judaism as well as Christianity. Now, when you begin to deal with the, the occult and the, uh, when it came down to paganism, their practices was to the point when they went into the temple, I mean, they had all kind of sexual orgies going on, okay? There was a lot of things that was going on in that practice. So when he heard another doctrine, which is Judaism, then he switched over. But he didn't leave behind the old practice. That's how sometimes, you know, you can, you can go to another place, another, let's put it this way. You can go to another assembly, another gathering, another local assembly, and if you don't leave that old teaching behind, then you will bring it with you. That's just like your old lifestyle. If you don't put your old lifestyle behind you and put it upon the blood, you're going to bring it into your new lifestyle, to your new conversion. So this is one of the things that was happening, all right? And see, they were practicing fornication. So you're going you're to understand all of this when we finish, okay? Um, uh, it comes about where not only were they practicing sexual uh, um, uh, uncleanness, but they were also practicing idolatry. They were worshiping idol gods. They were having uh, pagan rituals. And all of this was incorporated, incorporated, in the church of Ephesus. And we're going to find that it, not only was it there, but it found its way into another church that we're going to look, look at. And it also says that they profess to be Christians now uh, who sought to introduce false freedom. Uh, they were liking and, and legal or moral restrictions, uh, restraints, uh, and they disregarded some things. But we have to understand that they were living a life of being loose. But yet they were in this church of Ephesus. And so God was saying to them, he said, now I hate this. He says, I hate their, their deeds. He hated their practices. He hated their teachings. Now you get to understand they had left their first love, but they carried on some other things with them. Now 
when we begin to look at verse number 15, we will also see where these same practices were incorporated in another church. Now, in verse number 15, all right, we're going to look at some of the practices that has moved on to another congregation. Verse 15 says, So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate. Now, Christ is speaking. Now he's talking about this is a doctrine that they had created. And we can't afford to create any more doctrines except the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, 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 and back in those days, that is exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did. And I began to ask God, I said, God, what, what is it that made you so angry about what they were doing? See, they compromised. Think about now in, in our own life. Think about uh, in churches as, as a whole. How much uh, compromising do we do? Think about how much compromising we do. Now, remember the title is The Spirit of Compromise. The Spirit of Compromise. So when I said, God, now help me understand what is it about that you would use a word say that you hated it. What made it that strong or that doing? What made it that strong that you said you hated it? So let's follow, let's follow, let's follow the, the track, the trail. Let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter number 2. That means you've got to, we've got to go back to the beginning to understand why God hated the practices that the Nicolaitans did, why, why he hated it. Now, in Genesis chapter number 2, and we're going to look at verse number 9. Verse number 9. Verse number 9. All right, stay with me as you, if you can. Now, Verse number 9 in Genesis chapter number 2 says, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree, look at this, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, when we see in the book of, uh, book of Revelations, you're going you're gonna to discover in your studies that in the end, when you're dealing in the book of Revelations, in these last days, eventually, uh, there's going to be only one tree left, and that's going to be the tree of life. Now, you will not see the tree of good and evil in the book of Revelation. Because, it, okay, this is what, what you've got to understand. Now, when it's beginning to talk about these two trees, now, the tree of life, it is the pure essence of God. The tree of life is the pure essence of Christ. It's the pure essence. So that's why in the end, when, when we get beyond the end time and Christ is the, is the end, we're going to discover the pureness of Christ. So Satan can't be there, okay? It's the pure, that, that tree of life represents the pure essence of God, the pure essence of God. Now, when you look at the tree of good and evil, now God dropped this in my spirit. He says it is a disembodied spirit. The tree of good and evil is a disembodied spirit. It's, it's a disconnect. 
I said, what do you mean, God? It's, it's a disconnect. It's a uh, disembodied uh, spirit. So God says, then I understood something about how Eve got tricked. Now, God says now, he says, uh, that, that disembodied spirit, it is the supernatural being. It is a supernatural being that can become visible or audible to human beings. Remember now, you got Adam and Eve in the garden, right? So Eve is tricked. There's a conversation going on, all right? So that, that, that tr- it's, just, it's just like the tree of good and evil became alive, and she was able to hear, and, and she was able to, to, to communicate with it, all right? So what happens now in, in Genesis uh, chapter number 3, we will see what took place in their communication. That's why you got to be very careful when you, who you allow to speak into you, or you have to be careful who you listen to. Because the, the serpent will speak to you. Because huh? he is a whispering enchanter. All right, now, Genesis chapter number 3. Let's, let's, let's go through this. Let's go through this. Because you're going to understand why God hated the way he hated that doctrine and that teaching because it was not something that brought forth the things of God. Now, chapter number 3, verse number 1 says this. He says, now the serpent, now the serpent is the whispering enchanter. It says he was more subtle uh, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Remember now, we talked about this disembodied spirit that was able to be visible and audible, meaning he's able to talk, okay? And, and another human, a human being can hear it. And it goes on and say, he says he's more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman. Now, Satan does not want us to be in godly counsel. He catches her when he's alone. That's why it's dangerous to be isolated. Because Satan will talk to you. He will talk to me. He will talk to you. Now, it says, and he said unto the woman, the inner reality of your soul, yes, have God said. Now, watch, watch, watch the smoothness of it. Yea, have God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, the garden is, is, is your soul. He said, can you not? Because it's imperative that we begin to eat from the thing that God placed within us. God placed within us. Then he goes on with verse number 2, and he says, and verse number 2 is a response. And the woman said unto, unto the serpent, the whispering enchanter, he says, um, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Remember the word fruit. Remember that word. She replies, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. I'm not going to deal with the fruit right now, but I will in a few minutes. All right, let's go to verse, the next verse, verse number three. Verse number three. It says, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, God never speaks about touching. Okay? That's something that she added. All right? Let's go to verse number four. All right? 
And they said, And the serpent, whispering and chanter, said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. You know how it is when he said, All right, go ahead and do that. Uh, it'll be all right. You know, God will forgive you. Don't worry about it. You know, he's a merciful God. Y'all know how he talks. You know, he, he talks. He, he, he is a seducer. He's, he's a cunning uh, 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 one that knows how to, to con. He's very crafty to get us to get caught up in sin. Amen? All right. Now, let's go on to the next verse. Let's go to the next verse. Okay. And it says, For God doeth know, now Satan's speaking, For God doeth know that in the, in the day that ye eat thereof, then... Now, he's making them think they're already blind. Then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, with the little G, knowing good and evil. He wanted them to become as he was. See, the, it, the, from the, knowing that he could eat from the tree of good and evil, what was happening is when we eat of the, good, the tree of the good, uh, uh, good and evil, we would find ourselves eating from both both walks of life. You have to be very careful because we can walk on both sides of the stream. You have to be very careful. Let's go to the next verse because we want to deal with this fruit. All right. Verse number six says, And when the woman saw vision that the trees was good for food. You see how he introduced her to look at something? See, what the, what the enemy does, keep that verse up there. What the enemy does, he will get you to look at it before you for you indulge in it. He will show you all the pleasures of it. All right. Now, he says now, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Now, I wonder how did she know that? And that it was pleasant to the eyes. And see, Dr. Manley taught on this on Wednesday night. Um, but, the, the, you know, the pride of life and, and, the, and those things. And, said, and that it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. They did not realize, she did not realize she was already wise. Because she was made in the image and the likeness of God. And then it goes on to say, she took of the fruit hereof and did eat. And gave also unto her husband. I wonder where was he? All this other time the conversation was going on. Who are your friends when the adversary is speaking in your ears and when, when the whispering and chanting is, is showing you things that's not of God and then all, all of a sudden they show up later. He says, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband. Now he says, with her. So she shows up. It says, with her and it says, he did eat. Said that he, he did eat. All right. Now, one other thing that we want, we want to acknowledge is that, first of all, it was no such thing as them eating an apple. You know, the teachings are that that fruit was an apple. Well, no, 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 no. That, that, that's not right. No apple is going to make you sin. No apple is going to make you lose your place in the kingdom. Mm-mm. So we got to see it has everything to do with that fruit, okay? Now, let's look at verse number 7 in, in Genesis chapter number 3. Let's look at verse number 7. Because see, this is the residue 
Because when you get over into the book of Revelations, you're going to see that whenever there's a residue of anything, if you don't get rid of everything, it's going to be carried over into your future. Okay? So it's, it's, it's the residue. Now, in verse number 7, in Genesis chapter 3, it says, And the eyes of them, that means they both indulge in it. See, they, they made a compromise. They, they took what the, the adversary said, and they took what God said, and they put it together. So you can't compromise, and we're going to show you that too. It's the, and the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were what? Naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Okay? They sewed fig leaves together. You see, figs represents purity. They thought that if they could cover up, and when you talk about an apron, it was the, the, they covered up their private parts. It's what they covered up. All right? So that lets you know there's a sexual overtone in this particular text here in the very beginning. Remember, the practices of the Nicolaitans, uh, back in the book of Revelations, it had everything with that sexual immorality. Because what they were saying to them, listen, it's all right to live in both worlds. That's what they were teaching. That's what they were teaching. It's okay to live in both worlds. And all that was was a residue what was in the very beginning of time. Okay? Now, we're going to have to deal with now, it says in verse number 7, and they, they, they sewed those fig leaves together, and it placed them, them, them aprons, you know, fig leaves, covering up that, those parts that can bring about um, sexual uh, desires, okay, if I can put it that way. It can, it can bring that apart. It can bring that up, all right? Now, let's see what is it about what, about this fruit. Let's go to Deuteronomy. I'm not with you long. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter number 28. Deuteronomy chapter number 28. Remember now, there's this disembodied being that has this conversation. That's a supernatural being. It's a supernatural being that becomes visible or audible uh, to another, to a human being, and they're able to speak, get your attention, Okay. Now, going to Deuteronomy chapter number 28, because it talks about he's introducing them to eat the fruit. Fruit is not an apple. It's talking about a sexual relationship, co-mingling the seed of God and the co-mingling of Satan together to produce something. That's why the Bible talks about uh, Cain being the son of Satan. or the, He's a child of the devil, that's what it says. All right. Now, Deuteronomy chapter number 28. All right. Let's look now at verse number 2. Dealing with, we're going to deal with the fruit. Verse number 2 says, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. See, this comes with the blessings and the promises of God if we keep the commandments of God. Now, let's look at what these blessings are, okay? Now, verse number 3 says, Blessed shall thou be in the city, blessed shall thou be in the field, continue, 
Bless, verse 4, blessed shall be, look at this, blessed shall be the fruit of thy what? Body. Remember Genesis? Keep that up there. Remember the book of Genesis? You know, you're talking about that fruit. Tell them don't take, you know, don't, don't, you know, to not to take from that fruit. Don't eat that fruit. See, that fruit has to do with your body. We're going to continue. We're going to show you more scriptures. Blessed shall be the fruit. In other words, your offspring that you bring forth, the fruit of your bodies. And the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind and the flock of thy sheep. He says, blessed, blessed shall it be. All right, now, it shows us that the blessings uh, comes through your fruit, comes through your offsprings, if you keep the commandments of God. All right, now, the next scripture to show us about the fruit and its sexual uh, understanding, we're going to find ourselves looking at verse number, verse number 35. Yeah, verse number 35. Yeah. We're going to be looking at verse number 35 in the book of Deuteronomy and at chapter number 28. Looking at verse number 35. We're going to skip that one. We're going to skip that one. Okay? Now, let's move to Luke. Let's move to the New Testament. Let's move to Luke. Let's move to Luke because we're going to deal with this fruit. Because I, I don't think the other one is necessary right now for where we're going dealing with that fruit. St. Luke chapter number 1 and looking at, thank you, Holy Spirit, St. Um, Luke chapter number 1, and we're going to look at verse number 42. Remember now, we're dealing with the fruit, right? We're dealing with the fruit. All right. We know now that that fruit that we're talking about in Genesis has to do with the body, all right? That's why God hated uh, what the, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, he hated so much because it took him back to memory of what took place in the garden because he hated that because Satan tricked uh, the one that he had placed there in the Garden of Eden, all right? Now, in St. Luke chapter number 1, looking at verse number 42, verse number 42, and it says, And she spake out, talking about Mary, and she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the, what is that? Fruit of thy womb. So that lets us know that it had a sexual orientation. That's what was going on there. All right? Because when Elizabeth and and Mary uh, began to conversate, then all of a sudden, she begins to say, the blessed are the fruit of your womb. See, that fruit, most people will find this a little far-fetched, but there was an intermingling between that, that, that supernatural being and Eve. And it began to produce some things and eventually show you, if you continue to read, it will show how they had to be put out of the garden because they were no longer pure anymore. They were no longer pure. They had intermingled themselves with Satan, seed, and next thing you know, she's producing a Cain. Cain kills his brother, and y'all know the story. Y'all know the story. He kills his brother, okay? Now, let's also, in Luke chapter 1, uh, look at verse uh, number, number, let's see. 35, 35. It says, now, and the angel answered and said unto her, 
The Holy Ghost is speaking to Mary. The Holy Ghost hmm, shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, that holy thing, which shall be what? What's that next word? Born. That holy thing, which shall be born thee, shall be called the Son of God. Born has everything to do with birth. All right? So the angel is speaking to Mary. She was going to be overshadowed. Now, in verse number 36, it says, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. All right? The last verse, verse number 37 in Luke, it says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. So when it has come to down to do with it, that fruit had everything to do with the fruit of her body. Now, that's what that had to do with. Now, this is why God hated that teaching that we found over in the book of Revelation. Because they had found their way into the church. He brought away over all of these false doctrines. And the church had compromised with the false teachings, the false doctrines that took place. Think about now. Just just let your mind flash back. How much compromising have we done, whether it's in the church or whether it's in the world? We've done a whole lot of compromising. We've called wrong right and right wrong. We've compromised. And we wonder why in the world is our world so upside down? Why is it so messed up? It is messed up because of the spirit of compromise. We can't compromise, but a lot of times we will compromise. Listen, I don't care if you ain't got two people. Don't compromise with the gospel of Jesus Christ. A lot of folks want a house full of folk, but they want to compromise to get them there. And when they get through compromising, they go into hell, and the ones that's following them go into hell. Amen. It, it, it's not our way. It's, it's God's way. And so a lot of times we want it our way, and we can't have it our way. I thank God for Jesus Christ, and we're going we're to go, because we're going to see the spirit of compromise. And I said, like, Lord, you said a lot of things, but, you know, there are some things you said in the Bible that you hate. You know, uh, uh, the Scripture talks about it. But when it got down to this doctrine, this teaching, he was really upset because he knew that was what caused Adam and Eve to really fall in the very beginning. They compromised. We sometimes compromise. We cannot compromise. It's a spirit. And it, it, it will follow you no matter where you go. They were teaching you, you got a blank check. Freedom in Christ, that means it gives you a blank check. You can do whatever you want to do. Freedom in Christ does not give you a blank check to sin. I won't teach that. Holy Ghost don't tell me to teach that. It does not give us a blank check to sin. It does not give us a blank check to sin. All right. Now, let's go now to the book of Jude. The book of Jude, which is the book right before Revelations. It just got one it just has one chapter in the book of Jude. It has one chapter in the book of Jude. Remember now we're talking about the spirit of compromise, because that's what was going on in that in that church. 
uh, in the, that first church, the church of Ephesus. No wonder that, that means desirable because they were compromising. They were compromising. Uh, now, in the book of Jude, chapter number one, look at that verse number four. Show you how, that's why you got to be watchful and have a discerning of the spirit. All right? Now, verse number four in Jude chapter one says, For there are certain men, look what they did. For there are certain men crept in unaware. They tiptoed in. They, be, they became a part of you. They, they felt like, okay, they love on you, they care about you, but they had a motive. It says, for there are certain men crept in unaware. That means somewhere the believers were asleep. When anything is unaware to you, that means you've allowed it to escape your, escape your understanding. Okay? It said they crept, those men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained, look what they were ordained to do, ordained to discondemnation. Then God points them out. He said they are ungodly men. Look what they were doing. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. What were these people doing that crept in unaware? He said they were turning the grace of God. In other words, they were changing God's word. All right, now, let me deal with this here. It said, uh, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. Now, the word lasciviousness there in the Greek, it means having an animal desire, lustfulness. And then it's a sinful pleasure or passion. They were turning the grace of God. They were turning the grace of God. Now, let's deal with the grace of God. All right? Let's go to the book of Romans. Let's go to the book of Romans. These are our last few verses here. Last book we're going to be dealing with today. The book of Romans, Romans chapter number 6. Remember that we talked about the spirit of compromise, right? All right, in the book of Jude, they had crept in unaware, and they began to teach something, changing something, what God had sent forth. All right? Now, remember I told you they were teaching freedom in Christ, saying you got a blank check, you can do what you want to, blank check to sin. Okay. Now you still got folk out there now teaching that. Okay? Now, Romans chapter number 6, looking at verse number 1. It says, Paul is saying, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in what? That what? Grace may abound. Shall we continue? Remember now? They were teaching this, this doctrine. See, God hated that doctrine. They were teaching that you got a blank check and you can do whatever you want to do. But here Paul says in the, in the book of Romans, chapter number 6, he says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? In other words, the more you sin, the more grace is going to cover you. The devil is a lie. Look. 
This is not, that's not the teachings of the gospel. <laughs> now, verse number two says, put it up, verse number two. What does it say? What? Who forbid? How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? In other words, when you've had your conversion, I'm not saying you're not. See, when you look at the word sin, it's mean, it also means miss the mark. Sure, sometimes we miss them all. But we don't live a lifestyle of sin. That's a big difference. He says, now he said, God forbid. See, this is some of the teachings that was going on back then, and it's going on now. Hey, the, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he's in the midst. I don't have to have a thousand for Jesus to be in the midst. Because we cannot compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? He says, God forbid. Should I continue in sin? Shall I continue to live a lifestyle of sin? And he's so that God's grace can be abound, be more and more. He said, God forbid. God forbid that. God forbid having the spirit of compromise in the church just to have church members. Pick and choose, just about like, what is them buffet-style meal? Pick and choose what you want. All the sin you can eat. Come on. Let's think about it. See, that was the spirit. See, in, in, in Revelation, which is that book of the end time, you're going to see, as we are seeing right now, but you're going to see it even more, you will see more and more and more and more compromise when it comes down to living a life uh, according to the will of God. Too much compromise. If you, look at, if you look at it now, I don't care. It's compromise everywhere. Now, where in the Bible does it tell you it's okay to take a, a, your child, a person's child, who is totally confused in their mind when they were born a girl and because they're five or six years old, thinking they want to be a boy, and the government, if they tell them, if they're 13 years old, and say, hey, I want to be a boy because this is how I feel on the inside, they can take your child from you and the government can put it in some place that they have and give your, your child the sex change. They're doing it right now. It's a law right now in Washington, D.C. It's a law. It's a law. It's a law. Mm. If I hit my leg, then other words won't come out. That, that makes no sense to me. How, how, how is it a, a child five, five, six, seven years old so confused they don't know who they are? It could be because maybe the parent wanted the boy and they dressing up the girl like a boy and they didn't tie confused. That's not biblical. But you're going to see all kind of crazy stuff. And then after they get up some size and older, they're going to realize they've made a big mistake and you can't go back. You can't change it. If we think that's something, 
If you were here on yesterday, you listen to teaching from Minister Adams talking about hooking a machine up to your brain. Oh yeah, that's that's happening even now. And next thing you know, the whole machine gonna take you completely over. It's all kind of crazy stuff going on. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. All because we've compromised. We're compromising. They got some of them AI things that go going whoa, killing folk. They got a murderous spirit in them. Why do you think all these people running around here killing people? It didn't just happen that all are mentally ill. No, all of them are not mentally ill. There's something else behind all of that. Wake up. But the spirit of compromise. That's why God said, I hate it. I hate it. He hates that spirit of compromise. Now, we're going to leave these other two verses and we're going to be out of here. Now, verse number 14 in uh, Romans chapter number 6. Verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. Now, we got that messed up too. When you look at it and you begin your studies, back in those days, when, by the time man got through, there was 613 laws. I mean, it was to the point where you couldn't, you couldn't do nothing. But we have to be very careful because I sat down and I pondered. I really pondered. I said, wait a minute, Lord. I said, now, I know the commandments of God is, is correct. I know that. I, I know that. Because when you read them, it doesn't give us a, 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 the right to go out and kill people. It said, "Thou shalt not kill." That's not that, that's not done away with. You ain't supposed to be killing nobody. Thou shalt not commit adultery. That's in there too. Go back and read them, study them. Because I'm like, come on, God, I know, I know. There are things we are not supposed to do, but we're not able to, to be able to keep them because we need Jesus Christ. We need grace to help. We need Christ to help us. We need him to help us. It's so imperative that we have Christ to help us. Because he says that if you broke one, you broke them all. That's in the book too. I think that's in the book of James. So we got to have God to help us. We got to have God to help us. And then he says this, verse number 15. He says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? He says, God forbid. God is saying to us, listen, there is no excuse for compromising for sin. We get tied up, tangled up on on the I's and the T's and all this. The main issue of the conversation is, don't do it. What, what did Nike say? Don't do it. Get hung up on that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help us. That's why God, because I, I couldn't understand. I said, Lord, why are you using that word hate? That's a, that's a, that's a strong word. And, he, and then he began to show me. He took me on. He said, go back to Genesis. And he said, I want to show you something. That's how man fell in the very beginning. And that's what was happening. And that's what's happening now and going to get worse because 
they were taking all the different doctrines. Don't you know every church you leave, you bring their doctrine? Uh-oh. Whatever they taught you wrong, you're going to bring it with you. What you taught right, you're going to bring it with you. Unless you get down in the book and study for yourself. That's what was happening in the book of Revelation. Uh, and then, too, it's nobody's name that we should be honoring except the name of Jesus Christ. That doctrine was in the name of that man, Nicholas' name, the Nicolodians. That was his doctrine. We saw it yesterday for all the different denominations, how a man gave it, these different doctrines, different doctrines, these names. They got it over in the book of Revelation, so that means it's coming up again. He said, God forbid. And Nike said, don't do it. Don't do it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Ask him. He will do it. Help us. We can't do it by ourselves. But God is saying to us, like he was saying to the church of Ephesus, he told the church of Ephesus to listen. If you keep on doing what you're doing, he said, I'm going to move the can- remove the candlestick. That candlestick, if you look in that previous chapter, represents that church. God will remove us. And individually he will remove us. We can't compromise. It, it's like, okay, I missed them all, but I still can't compromise because God told me not so. But don't live a life of sin. That's the key thing we need to take away. Because in these end days, that's what's going to happen. They're going to tell us we can do whatever we want to do. Give us a blank check. To see. Let me tell you something. They were even teaching about having a community of wives. I'm sure y'all men folk probably love that. I mean, that was part of that doctrine. You know, when, 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 he, when God did it, he did Adam and Eve. He didn't do Adam plus E plus E plus E plus E. One of their doctrines was having a community of wives. So you have to be careful what you follow. It may, it may look good, might feel good, but it ain't good. Not in the sight of the Father. Spirit of compromise. Spirit of compromise. There's a residue. Go back. Go back and study. Take your notes. Go back and study. And you'll see. That's why he hated that, those practices that they had. They hated that. He hated those practices. And we got to learn to hate it too. Don't compromise. Can't compromise. I love you, but I can't compromise. I'm going to tell you the truth. Whether you like me or not, I'm going to tell you the truth. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. 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 All right. We're going to go ahead and we're going to lift our tithes and our offering. I want to say too that uh, maybe the second Sunday...